Hello there, and welcome to Not The Farmer's Wife podcast. I'm CJ Steedman, and I'm definitely not the farmer's wife. I am a mum, a partner, a full-time off-farm worker, and enthusiastically a lady farmer. On our farm, Mojo Homestead, we grow chickens, goats, cows, and bees. We practice regenerative agriculture and holistic management. If, like me, you love all things farming and homesteading, and if you'd like to learn from the female farmer's perspective, then I'd love to have you along for the ride. So let's get farming. Hello and welcome to another episode of Not the Farmer's Wife. I'm CJ, I'm your host, and today's episode we are going to talk about raising your own chicks from day olds or close to. Uh, Before we get into it, I just want to let everybody know, if you're listening to this the day that it gets released, hopefully I've already seen you today on our Chicken Breeds webinar, which is on at 8 o'clock in the morning on the 12th of June. Uh, If I didn't see you there, you may be able to get the replay. I haven't decided yet. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, our webinar is um, next week, uh, well, live today if you're listening to this the day that it'll get released and uh, we'll be discussing all things chicken breeds including which chicken breeds are best for backyard um, environments which chicken breeds are available in Australia and the US and a little bit in the UK as well and also which chicken breeds are going to be best for your circumstances and if you're live on the webinar, hopefully I answered some of your questions about which breed is going to be best for you, you and your family. Anyway, I need to apologise. I am still croaky from my chest infection. So if I start coughing, I'll silence it. But uh, I might have to have a few sips of water just to keep my, my throat going. Um, anyway, so also today our... Uh, Backyard Chicken Keeping course will be open and live for registrations. So if you haven't gone and checked that out yet, go and have a sticky beak. It's a six-week course. It's self-paced, so you could do it quicker if you wanted. Uh, But six-week course, and we're covering off on things like breed selection, um, housing, nutrition, health, social aspects of chicken. There's a few bonuses in there. Might be interesting if you're interested in raising your own meat birds as well. Anyway, if you haven't already, jump on in. I'll be going live all this week on Facebook or thereabouts. Uh, And I'd encourage you to go and have a look and see what is on the course. If you know somebody who is interested in having backyard chickens but doesn't have the knowledge or experience with them and is a bit nervous maybe, it would be the perfect course for them. It would really, it'll suit people who have a little bit of experience, but it'll also suit complete beginners starting from scratch uh, to get their very own backyard chickens up and running. Uh, And also too, I have been crazily uploading new designs to Not The Farmer's Wife store on Shopify. So for those that don't know, I have a print-on-demand store and it's all farming and chicken and goat related products there's a few cows in there as well Um, and we try and source from Australia where possible where we can't we try and source from the US or last case scenario China not that I don't love you China but it's nice to get things from the country that you live in anyway unfortunately we can't get all the products from the countries that we live in because they're just not made here 
Uh, so go and have a look. I've got a whole bunch of new designs up and running on there. We've got some really, really cool looking hooded uh, snuggle blankets um, that I'm pretty proud of. I'm no designer. I definitely failed art at high school. Um, but I'm pretty happy with these designs. I reckon they look pretty good. Um, and I've hopefully in the next week or so, one of them will land on my doorstep and then I can um, post some photos of what it actually looks like in the flesh, which will be lovely. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I will have a little sip and we'll get on with it. So, uh, raising your own chickens. If you are somebody who is interested in getting backyard chickens, and you would like to go through the entire process from start to finish, then this is the episode for you. Raising chickens is, to, in my mind, a really awesome experience, and particularly so if you have children. So for my mums out there, and it would be predominantly mums that would be doing it, us mums always get stuck with looking after the animals. I've got a budgie in the house here that my daughter wanted right or wrong and I swear I spend more time with it than she does. So for people with a family, raising chicks from day old, even if you want to go back one more and hatching and incubating your own eggs, is an awesome thing to do with kids. I think that in this day and age, and it makes me sound really old, I sound like a boomer, I'm not, I'm a Gen Xer, but... In this day and age, kids just have such a disconnect with where their food comes from. Um, some of my daughters and sons' friends can't believe that they collect their own eggs that they then eat. Um, it's like, but don't you get them from the store? <laughs> no, we, we grow our own, thanks. Much nicer and healthier anyway. But they just don't seem to get it. Like, even if you ask, I've seen videos of kids being asked in the States, you know, where does chocolate milk come from? Oh, you know, the store? Like they don't realise that chocolate milk is made and that it's milk added with chocolate. They think that it just comes in that format, like it's made in the store. They don't realise that a cow actually has to produce milk in order to make that chocolate milk. Uh, same with eggs, same with chickens. I think, you know, God, I even know local farmers around here. And when I say local farmers, local people who live on chunks of land, not farmers, who one that I asked why they didn't have a couple of sheep on their front yard they had a, a you know 20 acre block I'm like you could whack some sheep on here we call them killers I don't know what other people call them but we call sheep killers if they're just going to be for meat and I said why don't you get some some killers and put on there and keep the grass down at the same time you get some lamb at the end of the couple of months and she was mortified and said no way I would rather buy it from the shops than than kill my own I thought oh, okay all right to each your own I have no problem with that if somebody wants to do that, that's what keeps farmers in business, so no problem at all. But if you've got the land, why not use it? Anyway, my rant over. Thank you for listening. Um, so I think having baby chicks either from incubation or from day old is hugely beneficial for children to see an understanding of where their food production comes from and the life cycle that is that goes around the whole chicken and egg process. Um, and I think the extra, extra big benefit of raising your own chickens from day old is that you can handle them and you can handle them on a regular basis daily. While you're handling them, they are becoming super tame, super familiar with you. They build up a trust in humans 
and are happy to be handled by you. Now, if that's the kind of chickens you want, raising them as day-olds is, is the bomb. You can't really beat it. Uh, but there's a few things you need to be aware of before you do that. Now, as I said, right now today, as this is going to air, um, I am doing a chicken breeds webinar. But one of the primary things that you need to think about when you're picking a day-old chick is the right breed of chicken. Now, that may come 100% down to what is available in your area. You may have hatcheries that can provide only certain types of chickens. You might have breeders that are local to you that can only provide certain breeds. Sometimes your hands are tied, but day-old chickens can be mailed through transport. So we, our um, egg-laying chickens that we bought last year, our, our rebatch, our, our add-on to what we already had. Uh, we went and physically picked them up, but that was because I wanted to go and have a sticky beak at the hatchery and have a look at what the conditions were like and things like that. However, our meat birds we bought from the same hatchery and they were mailed down to us. They literally hatched them. They weren't day old. They were nearly two days old. They hatched them on the Wednesday. They checked them on the Thursday. They arrived to us on the Friday. So it it's a perfect system if you aren't near a hatchery to be able to have them freighted to you. I know in the States it happens a lot. The main big producer in the States, he, they, they um, post out all around the country. So choosing the right breed will come down to what's available in your area and what you can have freighted to you. Now, obviously, where I am, I'm in Yass River, which is southern New South Wales. If I was trying to freight something down from Brisbane... And I freighted my my buck, my uh, Anglo-Nubian buck that I bought. He came down from Rockhampton, which is far north Queensland. Um, and, and I was able to freight him down. But day-old chicks might struggle a bit with that kind of freighting level. So you do have to play it by ear to a degree um, and find a hatchery that's usually within a couple of hours of where you are. So it's easy for the freight. But popular breeds that are made made hatched made sounds terrible hatched in some of the hatcheries in australia uh australorbs rhode island reds plymouth rocks leghorn sussex orpidon wine dots and then of course all your sex linked chickens so um depending on where you are and which hatchery isa browns barter browns um i can't think what they're called in the states now off the top of my head but um yeah the sex link um commercial egg layers um are just about available at every hatchery <clears throat> so sourcing your day-old chicks you will get them from a commercial hatchery hatchery which means that they should come to you vaccinated and sexed please do not say i don't want vaccinated chickens i will get on my horse about this unless you are prepared to dispatch and by that i mean wring the neck of any sick bird that you have please consider vaccination. It's something you should be able to do anyway, is dispatch a bird if it's sick and rather than have it suffer, end its suffering. However, vaccinated chickens, um, anybody that's watched birds die from Merrick's disease uh, would know that it's not a pleasant way to go. Um, same with cox, I can never say it, coxidosis, coxidiosis, cidiosis, uh, which is a parasite uh, which gets into their gut and, and they basically bleed internally out. So 
choosing to get birds that are vaccinated and and I believe there's now a, a sort of a vaccine that can be given uh, for coccidosis to new to day olds um, I haven't seen it yet I still feed medicated feed to my day olds and you know up to six weeks old eight weeks old <clears throat> but day olds from hatcheries please get them vaccinated um, it, it just takes away so many issues. If one bird goes down, all of the birds will go down. So having the vaccination saves you in the long run. Uh, the other thing is whether or not you get them sexed. Now, sexed birds are obviously dearer and it's not foolproof. <laughs> I can attest to that. Um, I'm, I certainly couldn't do the sexing myself. I have tried and it's hard. It's a skill and I take my hat off to those that can do it. But... Um, some hatcheries are much better than others when it comes to sexing. Now, the good bit about a hatchery is if they sell you a sexed bird that turns out to be a rooster, 90%, well, 99% of the hatcheries that I've dealt with will take the rooster back off your hands. Uh, so you don't have the issue of getting rid of it. Um, sometimes they'll replace it, sometimes they won't, depends on the hatchery. But you really don't want like a one-day-old one chicken when all the rest of your chickens are 20 weeks old, when you finally worked out it's a rooster. Um, <clears throat> so don't be shy to go and visit the hatchery and have a sticky beak around. That being said, take into account that this is a commercial chicken farm. And that means there may be things there that you, as a uh, domestic chicken keeper, may say, oh, I don't like the living conditions that those chickens are in or I don't like the way that they do that. They might handle them in a way that you think is rough. Uh, there may be dead birds that are visible when you go to visit. Um, most cases, those hatcheries are commercially producing chickens. They will keep the area as clean as possible, as much as possible, but they're also in business. And so when you go there... Just remember that it's not a domestic situation for them. It is a commercial production and you might think that they're handling the chickens rough. They're not going to do anything to hurt a chicken that then they can't sell. So it might look rough to you, but these are people that are handling chickens and baby chicks, day olds, all the time. Uh, I know my kids, when we went to visit the hatchery, they were like, wow, they just pick them up in scoops. They just scoop like 10 at a time and, and move them from one brooder to another when they're cleaning them out. And I said, yeah, but they don't have time to pick them all up individually and give them a kiss and a cuddle and all the rest of it. They are running a business. It has to be done with efficiency. So that having been said, go and have a look. Most hatcheries, most honest hatcheries are more than happy for you to come in and have a look. They're happy for you to buy at the door. It saves them freighting. And freighting does come with its own risks as far as, um, you know, chicks expiring on the, in, during transit. Um, when we got the meat birds down, we had one expire during transit and we had one expire the day after. Um, and, and, you know, anywhere between a 1% to 5%, 5 is probably getting up there, a 1% um, uh, expiry rate is probably pretty good for within that first two-week gap. <clears throat> Other options you have to source chickens is your local produce store. And in most cases, they won't always sell day-old. Sometimes they sell older birds. Uh, and then you'll be able to see if you're getting hens or roosters. Um, I've also been able to source reasonably well from Gumtree here in Australia. And I think in the US, the equivalent of that is probably Craigslist. 
uh, where people sell things that they're producing themselves. Now I've sourced fertile eggs uh, and sometimes they're fertile and sometimes they're not. And I've also purchased six sex chickens, uh, Rhode Island Reds, and ended up with two roosters out of the six. So what you have to take into account there is that when you're buying from those sources, you don't get guarantees. <laughs> it is buyer beware because if whatever they sell you, that's what you're stuck with. So if you don't have a way of getting rid of roosters, and I'll explain there's, there's some good ways to get rid of roosters, one of which is my favorite, which is to dispatch it and eat it. Um, however, if you don't want to do that, your next best option is to find a local zoo. Now, if you're going to be mortified by what I say, tune out now. It's not for sensitive fucking snowflake ears. Um, chickens, roosters that go to the zoo get fed to the carnivores at the zoo. And sometimes they get fed to the carnivores at the zoo live, as in they get released into the tigers or lions cage. And when the tiger or lion uses its very, very natural and basic instincts to track down and hunt and kill that rooster, it gets to eat it. Um, if, if you're not comfortable with that, not sure that we can be friends, but not sure you should be having chickens either. Uh, at the end of the day, it's the life cycle and the, the predators who are carnivore have to eat meat. <clears throat> anyway, rant over again. God, I've had some rants today, haven't I? Uh, all right. So the next thing is when you've made the decision, you found somewhere to buy your, your day olds or, or slightly older, and certainly if you can get anything between two and six weeks, that's as good as day old, except that you won't lose any. Because once they get past the two-week mark, they're pretty much home and hosed. So the next thing you have to think about is preparing a brooder. Now, a brooder is an area that you can house chickens in from day old up to probably about eight weeks. And that, sec that area, that brooder, has to have a heat source. And that heat source has to be at a certain heat. It has to be draft free. It has to have either natural or artificial light that can be turned on or you know, utilized during daylight hours. Uh, it has to have bedding on the floor that will absorb manure. Um, and it has to have a food and water source in there. So that's a brooder. Now we are lucky we have an old chook house that we converted into a brooder because we have so many chickens come through. But I've seen, and I've done it when I first started, because I didn't have all the equipment that I have now. When I first started, I used a fish tank, literally an old fish tank that had a crack in the wall that somebody was throwing out, and I grabbed it, and we had a heat lamp at one end, we had water and food at the other end, and we lined the bottom with pine shavings. I think I actually think I used newspaper the first time, which is absolute shit. Don't use newspaper, that's my hot tip there. Pine shavings that are non-toxic, are the best that we've found so far. I know other people have trialled other things, but that's what we works for us. Um, so you need to keep them in a contained area without any drafts where you can feed water, have a layer of bedding for, for them to sleep on, and a heat source. Now, our original heat source was an old bloody um, lizard lamp because we had a... a um, my son had a lizard at one point in a tank and we used the old lamp from that as a heat source. They're not ideal and they don't really get hot enough. We also had these chickens inside in a spare bedroom. So there was no drafts or anything like that. So it actually worked out okay. Now I use a heat plate um, and I'm 
working very hard to find a good supplier and I'll start selling these heat plates. Um, it's a heat plate that you can touch and it won't burn your hand so therefore it won't hurt the chickens if they touch it. It comes with a lid over the top to stop the chickens getting up on top of the heat plate and dropping manure and it's got four legs that you can lower for when they're very very tiny and you can raise it up for when the chickens get bigger but the heat that comes out of it sits at a really good temperature so that plate i find that the best it's there's no uh, fire risks with it and it's ambient heat so feeders and waterers also need to be in there now they need to be the kind that are not knocked over easily because spillage just makes more work um, we found that raising them slightly because the, the chicks just, they want to just scratch. It's a natural chick reaction. They want to scratch in their bedding and they'll flick bedding up into their water and their food and it just makes it a pain in the ass to clean. Um, one thing too about the bedding is that what I found is to start with that first two weeks, we weren't cleaning it out entirely. We were just adding fresh, fresh shavings to the top. At the two-week mark, we scraped everything out, cleaned everything out because that was the first time we let the chicks go outside and I'll explain about that later. Uh, and then from then on in, we had to change the bedding a bit more often. But the bedding we used as compost and because it was a brown compost with manure added, it worked great. It, it actually really kind of boosted up my compost pile. Um, so that's always a good thing. All right, the next thing you have to think about in there is that temperature and lighting. So temperature first. Uh, for new day-old chicks, it needs to be around 33 degrees Celsius, which in Fahrenheit is about 91. Um, but the best way to actually know if you've got the temperature at the right level is to look at the chicks. If they're all huddling under the heat lamp and none of them are moving towards food and they're all bunched up together and almost climbing over the top of each other, then the heat lamp's not hot enough. Um, if they're jammed in that tight, then they, they're wanting more heat. If the chicks are all well away from the heat lamp, down the other end of the brooder house, you know, avoiding the heat at all costs, and you'll notice a panting as well, then that means it's too hot and, and you need to turn the heat down because they'll end up, literally, they'll end up cooking and they'll die. Um, ideally, you want to see them moving around freely, going between their food, their water and their heat, coming back to the heat, but then moving out of the heat, coming back to the heat and, and not being, not avoiding the heat and also not cramming underneath it. If you're at that point, then there's a good chance your temperature is spot on. Now, the temperature can be knocked down each day um, if your heater has the ability to do that. Um, we use a, the heat plate, as I said, um, which I'm, I'm in the process of sourcing. We've got a big one at the moment and a small one, and I'm just working out which sizes are going to be best. But the heat plates, plates can't be turned down, but you can add extra space into the legs to raise it up a bit higher. And that just gives them a little bit more breeze and a little bit more airflow and, and stops the heat being quite so hot. Uh, but certainly the, the heat plates have worked awesome for us, and I know a lot of commercial people who use them as well. Uh, now, uh, chickens can't be left outside without heat until they're fully feathered. Their down feathers are not enough. But you will be surprised at how quickly their feathers come in. Usually by the six-week mark, most of them, depending on breed, are getting a fair amount of feathers, like full feathers, and losing their down. And so they go through their gawky teenage stage, which I think is so cute. But yeah, they don't look like little baby chicks anymore. 
Uh, now, once they are fully feathered, you can start moving them out onto grass. What I've used in the past is an old rabbit, rabbit hutch, like it's like a, a little cage that's not got a lid on it, but it's just wire all the way around and it's heavy, so it won't blow away or anything. And I move them out. Usually I start uh, gradually over a period between the six week and eight week mark. I'll take them out for an hour and then two hours and then eventually by about week end of week seven they're um they're out for the full day. Now you make sure you've got food and water, make sure you move the hutch around so they're not going back into their own manure. And um, then by about the eight week mark, in most cases they'll be completely acclimatized to your particular weather environment. Um, if you're having a particularly horrible weather pattern or you're in the middle of winter and snow, do not put them outside. <laughs> They'll only be fine outside if they have got shelter from sun, rain and wind. And obviously at eight weeks old, being out in the snow is probably not ideal. I don't get snow here, but we do get a lot of frosts. And at the moment, I've got 10 week old chicks that are still in the brooder of a night. And out of a day, they're with their mum, so they don't have a heat plate on. But I would not be putting them up into the pastured chicken tractor at this stage because we have too many frosts and I want them just to put a bit more meat on them. Uh, now, light source. Light is incredibly important to chickens. People don't realise, but the reason that chickens go off the lay in winter is because they're not getting enough light to reset their clocks, to, to make their body clock tell them that it's time to lay. Um, and like all things in nature, they predominantly want to lay at a time when it would be ideal for them to grow and hatch chickens. So their body clocks tend to hold off until spring hits and the daylight becomes, the daytime becomes a longer, um, there's a longer space of light during the day is what I'm trying to say and I can't say it. <laughs> so um in order to help them regulate their body clock, if you have natural light coming into your brooder, if you don't have natural light, then like us, our brooder is enclosed for bad weather. Um, so when that's enclosed, we have a light on a timer that comes on at the same time as sunrise and goes off at the same time as sunset, just to give them that it's an artificial light, but it's a light that's in line with the daylight hours that they currently would have outside. Uh, that will help your hens when they do start laying. That'll help them swing into that pattern. Um, nutrition and feed. So I'm going to say something controversial here. I feed medicated chick feed. And I've had a few arguments online with people about it. There are so many people that are adamant that they do not want to feed their chicks chick feed. It does my head in a little bit. It really does. Anyway, I feed medicated chick starter, which has got 18 to 22% protein, and they get that until they're about eight weeks old. And then I start to gradually reduce the chick starter and increase the adult feed or grower feed that I'm, depending on whether they're meat birds or egg birds. Um, once they get up to the point of lay, which depends on the breed, but it'll be 20 weeks plus before they get up to point of lay, um, then you want to be feeding them layer pellets. That is the best option at that point. Chick, chick feed though, chick starter, is designed it's small little bits of, of food. It's designed to be easy for them to eat. Uh, it's got all the nutrients that they need. So you know when you're giving it to them that they're getting everything they need, particularly that higher level of protein they need while they're growing. The medicated chick starter prevents coxidosis. I can, still can't ever say it. Coxacidiosis, I think it is. 
um, it prevents that. So, But the thing is, you have to keep feeding it. So once you start feeding it to them, you have to feed it to them until they're about eight weeks old because that medication needs to keep going through their system while they're being exposed to it. And it's a parasite that all birds are exposed to. It will kill them if they can't build up an immunity to it. And that's why I feed them the medicated while they're chicks. I want them to build up an immunity to it. Now that I've heard about this new vaccination that they're doing, I would want them vaccinated against it. Then I don't have to feed them the medicated chick starter. But once they've had, a, had a, a, an immunity to it, once they've built up an immunity to it, then it won't affect them as an adult chicken. Um, it, it only affects them if they don't get an opportunity to build up that immunity to it. And I mean, that's the basis of whole, all vaccinations in my mind. So... Um, so that's what I feed them. Um, it's, it's not cheap, Chickstarter, but um, you can supplement too with some fresh fruit and vegetables. I definitely throw um, clean chicken scraps out to the, to the baby chicks, but I do it in a way of when they're out during the day. So around that six-week mark, I start giving them stuff like that. Up until the six-week mark, they just get Chickstarter. That way I know they're getting everything they need. Uh, and it goes without saying, obviously, they must have access to clean, fresh water at all times. That is absolutely vital. They will die without water. Um, so, health and disease prevention. Vaccination! I can't say it enough. It's, it, I, I trust the science on this one. In the last couple of years, I always thought that I trusted the science on lots of things. In the last couple of years, I probably don't trust the science on absolutely everything that they're, they're handing to me. Um, but I do trust the science on this one. I've seen firsthand what Marek's disease can do. And it's pretty ugly. The birds are in pain and they die a really horrible death if you don't dispatch them. Um, if you decide that you don't want vaccinated chickens... Be it on you, but my word of warning is that you must be prepared to dispatch chickens or pay a vet to do it, which is not cheap. It's much easier just to wring their neck, literally. Um, you must be prepared to dispatch chickens if you are making the decision not to vaccinate against vac vaccine preventable diseases um, because they will suffer and that's not fair to them. So the main issue for young chicks in a brooder is hygiene. If the bedding becomes too soiled, if you can smell ammonia, it is way too soiled. Um, well, I said to you before we, during that first one to two week, we just top up the, the layers. And that's because we don't like to get them in and out. We worry about drafts and things like that. So keeping them in the brooder house and just topping up um, a layer of shavings over the over the top it prevents them standing in their own manure it packs it down a little bit when we do scrape it out at about the two week mark it comes out almost ready well it is it goes straight into the compost pile it it breaks down much quicker I find when we do it that way but once they start getting past that two week mark they are eating way too much to leave it for that long before you re-bedding them so probably about every two to three days, we will scrape out um, the brooder house uh, with a shovel and put new bedding down because they just start, they're shitting machines by that point. Um, and chickens are shitting machines. They really, there's a lot of manure. <laughs> That's why chicken manure is so easily to get, easy to get on the side of the road. Um, so around that, that two week mark to six week mark, I'm, I'm re-cleaning them out every second or third day. 
depending on what else I've got on. Once they hit the six-week mark, it eases off again because you can start putting them outside during the day on grass and I just move the rabbit hutch around so that their manure is getting deposited on the grass but they're not going back into their manure the next day. So we move it to a different spot. That also means that during the nights when they're back in the brooder house, they're not shitting as much because they've shat all day while they've been eating. Um, uh, talked about medicated chicks start. I'm going through my list. I've got a little list in front of me to make sure I don't forget anything. Now, anybody again that, that says no to, to medicated chick starter, it does my head in a little bit because I was online. A couple of pages I'm on are probably pages that some people would find a little controversial. Um, but I was on a page where somebody was complaining about feeding, not wanting to feed their chickens or their cattle, um, worming medication or parasite, you know, medication. And then they went on to say that they'd been giving themselves ivermectin to stop COVID. And I thought, oh my God, you're prepared to give yourself ivermectin, which I've only ever used for cattle, um, rather than risk getting COVID you're giving ivermectin to yourself but you're worried about what you're feeding the chickens probably be a bit more worried about the other way around uh not to say ivermectin won't work I've actually read up on it because I couldn't believe this person was doing it and I read up and guess what ivermectin can be given to humans without any problems I'm sure most people wouldn't take the cattle version but you can have it so uh if you choose not to medicate a sick bird please 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 be prepared to dispatch it rather than let it suffer uh, in a in a brooder situation, when one chick gets sick, you need to isolate. If you don't isolate, one sick chicken will easily and very quickly turn into five sick chickens. And if you've got numbers like I have of you know 25, 30 chickens at a time, uh, you could lose the entire batch in one go if you don't isolate. So if you see a sick chicken, remove it, put it in a cardboard box. Even if you keep it in the brooder in the brooder itself but in a cardboard box the chances of it passing something on to another chick is lower it, it'll help it's better than nothing um next one i've got is socialization and handling the best part about having baby chickens in your house is that you get to handle them as much as you want now that being said um please 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 if you have children supervise them when they're handling the chicks especially until they get a bit bigger I have seen a toddler almost strangle a chick <laughs> and it was not not intentionally it was a hundred percent excitement factor kicking in oh my god I've got a fucking baby chook in my hands and uh, she squeezed <laughs> and I could see the the poor chook's eyes going oh my god what is this thing grabbing me um, so please please don't let them crush the chicks supervise teach them how to hold them gently you just need to cut one hand over the top to stop them flying or jumping away uh, but handle them handle them all the time talk to them carry them around the house with you introduce them to your pets if you have other pets um, we're lucky in that we have a merrimer who thinks that chickens are just the bomb and she loves them all and would never hurt them uh, but we also have a kelpie who would eat them at any opportunity uh, and we struggle to introduce them to her because there's no point introducing them to her if they get too familiar with her she will eat them uh, but if you've got cats if you've got dogs if you know other kids anything in the backyard introduce them to it so that they grow up knowing what these other things are in their environment 
Um, and certainly, you know, from our perspective, we have a bigger flock now. I'm a bit sad that our girls aren't as tame as our first girls were when we when we first started out a few years back. You know, Aggie from five years ago, I can still walk up and pick her up in the paddock without chasing her around. Even the rooster we can pick up without chasing him around too much. And and he's quite, you know, timid as in he doesn't really like being handled because he's the rooster and he can't let all the girls see him get grabbed by a human. But all of our older girls are easy to pick up. Our new girls, mm, they, they're tame, but they're not as tame as our, our girls from five years ago. So that's a real shame. So if you have the opportunity to handle them, build up their trust in humans, reduce their stress by handling them gently, and you will have very, very tame, friendly chooks, which is awesome. Now, transitioning to the from the coop from the brooder to the coop, I do it around the eight week mark. Like I said before, between six and eight weeks, I will gradually start bringing them outside more and more during the day, um, but still taking them back in of a night and making sure that they're very well sheltered of a night, just as they acclimatise. Now, obviously, you have to play that by ear on your environment. If you're in a very hot environment, please don't leave them outside without shelter during the day if you're in a very cold environment maybe reduce how like extend how long it takes you to acclimatize and maybe take three or four weeks to acclimatize like what we're doing with our girls at the moment um you know they're 10 weeks old and they're still not out in the pasture yet because it's winter um but so long as they have a sheltered coop to go to that is wind rain and sunproof from the eight week mark if they are fully feathered they can they can go into the coop um, one thing to keep in mind is if you already have an established flock and you are introducing new babies to that flock, do the introductions gradually. Maybe have a fence between them to start with so they can all get to know each other a little bit. If you've got them in like a rabbit hutch situation like what I use, put the rabbit hutch in the middle of the chicken yard and put the chicks inside it so that all the other chickens can see them, smell them, talk to them and they know you know, what they, like they can see them, they can familiarise themselves with them. It'll just reduce some of that pecking order fighting that goes on when they do get completely introduced. Also too, you need to um, consider perches. If you already have an established stock, uh, flock, you need to make sure that there's perches in, per, flock, perches, oh my God, let me say it right, that you've got roosting perches for them to sit on that are lower than the other girls. And that's because of the pecking order issues. Once they sort out their pecking order, they might move up to one of the higher roosts. But to start with, they need to be on a lower roost. If they haven't had a lower roost introduced to them in the brooder house, we have a little bar that we use. Um, if they haven't had that, then start introducing it while they're in the rabbit hutch. Put just a bar between two bits of chicken wire so that they can get up and sit on it. And they'll get the hang of it pretty quick. They know it's a natural instinct for them. Uh, so... That covers transitioning. Transitioning, play it by ear. If you don't think they're ready yet or you have a really miserable day, then keep them in the brooder for that day. It's not worth losing them once you've got to that point and you've got through all the hard yards. Because the next thing I was going to discuss was enjoy what you've got. Because if you get your chicks up to that 10-week mark, uh, you have beaten out mortality rates. Mortality rates in the first two weeks can be anywhere between 1% and 5%. Um, that first two-week gap for chickens, baby chicks, is the hardest part. So once you get past that two-week thing, then you're kind of, you're, you're on a good wicket then. 
if you get to eight to ten weeks and they're all still alive you've done amazing so pat yourself on the back and don't do anything silly now to <laughs> ruin it um, and then sit back and enjoy um, you've got hand raised very well handled probably very tame chickens and I have no doubt that if you only had a little brooder of five which is a good number to start with um, it won't be long and you'll be going oh maybe we could do that again maybe we could get 10 this time you know we could always find somebody to to sell five to or you know it's all the things that I said five years ago and the poor old handy helper just sat there and looked at me and went yeah as if we're going to get rid of them you're going to keep all of them we're going to have a chicken farm uh, which essentially is what we've ended up with <laughs> anyway if you've got to that point congratulations chicken mama or papa you are well on your way to having a very healthy and happy flock so that's it for this week as i said if you weren't already on the webinar go and have a look on my web page there might be a link if you you know play your cards right you might be able to get in and have a read have a view of the uh, chicken breed webinar uh, and the course is open at the moment so if you know somebody or you think you yourself might like to you know get on and do a course about chickens and make sure that you're right across everything you need to know for your backyard chicks then jump on in uh, you can always get me on all the socials at mojo homestead or not the farmer's wife and like i said in the beginning if you haven't checked out the not the farmer's wife store go and have a sticky beak and see what we've got um, if you're a chicken lover there's a few really cool little t-shirts in there there's a really really cute one that says you have tiny uh, you have you raise dogs that's cute i raise tiny dinosaurs or something like that i can't even remember the exact words but <laughs> it's basically a reference to our tiny little dinosaur friends anyway enough from me i am going to go rest my voice because i will be speaking all next week to you guys on lives and hopefully i will see you all then thanks everyone bye thanks so much for listening today i hope you've enjoyed our time together if you did, I'd be so grateful if you left me a review. I would also absolutely love it if you tagged me in your next post on your favourite socials at either Not The Farmer's Wife or Mojo Homestead. And don't forget to get your free guide to backyard chicken keeping at www.mojohomestead.net backslash seven must knows. And remember, grow the life you want to live. See ya.